Howdy, and welcome to the Three True Outcomes podcast, presented by Baseball Prospectus. I'm your host, Ian Lefkowitz, and I am joined, as always, from suburban Michigan. It's Ben Murphy. Ben, how are you doing? Um, I'm pretty well, Ian. A little bit sleepy, but good otherwise. That's exciting. Uh, Fatherhood. So, peppy energy for the morning commute. We're yes. <laughs> if you're looking to me for inspiration, uh, you'll be consistently disappointed. I guess that's true in general. Never mind. <laughs> Monitor podcast. Joining us, as always, from our nation's capital, is Jared Weiss. Jared, how are you doing? I've been better, but I'm happy to be here with you guys. Thank you. Oh, that's a better answer. That's what I should have said. <laughs> you can't steal it. It's mine. I'm not stealing it. I'm giving you credit. Yeah, then it's okay. <laughs> All right. On this week's episode, we will be apportioning credit. <laughs> Uh, we will go through the AL uh, season preview as only we can, you know, slightly worse than other season previews. Um, we will talk about uh, some standing. We will make possibly some prop bets. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how frisky we're feeling. Uh, give some wars and then get out of here. Um, but first, uh, I turn it over to the mailbag captain. I think this might be our best question of all time. <laughs> mailbag captain, how's it going? <laughs> well, we have a question, so it's going better than last week. This question comes from Eric, who writes in, Fun question. Three true outcomes. Home run, walk, and strikeout. Ben, Ian, and Jared. Which one of you is the home run, which one is the walk, and which one is the strikeout? So, we answered this one. Yeah. <laughs> we wrote in our answers separately to Eric, who tabulated the results and spit them back to us. Um, I'll read them unless you guys have anything you want to preface it with. No, I'm really well, hoping. Should we, should we go around and uh, each give our answers to this briefly? I think you should just read Eric's response because I think he summarizes okay. the answers and then great know, also does his thing after that. Great, sure. Okay, um, so uh, there were uh, two votes for Ian for Homer, two votes for Ben for Homer, three votes for me for strikeout. One for Ian for walk, and one for Ben for walk. <laughs> there are three of us. If you're I have some questions, because it sounds like there were a lot of us. <laughs> I'm re- reading this for me. I don't know what happened here. Um, so, so Eric says that Ben's first instinct was Ian is Homer, Ben's walk, and Jared strikeout, but thought the other two would go with Ben, Homer, Ian, walk, and Jared strikeout, and that was his final answer. But Jared and Ian both went with Ian, Homer, Ben, walk, and Jared strikeout. So Eric drew some conclusions from these results, and they were uh, kind of scary how accurate they were. Yeah. So well, here we go. Um, Eric concluded that Ben and Ian both have ego issues, but Ben is more willing to sublimate, sublimate his for the better of the group in trying to match his vote to the others. Or that's what he tells himself and uses to convince himself to vote himself as a homer. Quote, oh, the others will vote me a home run. I'll do so too to go along. Ian is the voice of the TTO, and with that comes the ego of thinking he's the most important of the three. This is common when it comes to talent, and Eric had that in quotes. I don't know. He is both unwilling and unable to sublimate himself. Even to attempt to put anyone above himself out of a weak attempt at false modesty would cause the entire matrix to come crashing down. And Jared, that's me, has dark, (laughs) deep-seated emotional, spiritual, and confidence issues. He most likely spent his youth torturing small animals and planning other devious acts. He seems self-effacing, but the aw shucks routine and soft voice hide something much, much more sinister. I dare not speculate what. 
judging by Ben and Ben's and Ian's votes, they agree. Yeah, and then that's, he makes a joke about one of our leagues that we're in together, right? Yeah, I figured we didn't need to go that inside, but yes. As long as we're... Well, I mean, that's part of the thing that okay. makes it funny. Okay, combine these three personalities into a single unit and you get the kind of team that would allow someone to overpay for Matt Chapman and still look themselves in the mirror each day. In the interest of my own safety, these were not my conclusions, but those of John Main. Okay. So thanks, John. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think... When you get down to it, it's like, it's it's painfully obvious, right? Because Ian's easily the home run because he's the best of us. Uh, I'm lazy, okay. and you, <laughs> you're trying hard and missing. It's like so. So I, I have I have some thoughts about this, Eric. My, like, my is that Ian's twist here is that he was actually coming in from the pitcher's perspective, not the hitter's perspective. Yeah, Eric, Eric is a Reds fan, so like I believe so like. Maybe he thinks like home runs are like special just because that's all they can hit, um, <laughs> and you know like there's a part like walks are just as important. Walks set up the <laughs> offense. OBP is life. Yeah. We all know walks clog the bases, Ian. And the only reason that I would say strikeouts are not important is uh, like it's not Jared's inherent worthlessness. It's it's this is nihilism. It's because it's the <laughs> Orioles fan. We all know this. <laughs> Strikeouts aren't bad. They're part of the ecosystem. They just don't matter. <laughs> yeah. This is easily the best question we've ever gotten. It's a pretty good question. Yeah. Uh, I was like I was trying to think, like, why are all of my heroes like uh, Ted Knight from Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I guess it works. That's a good question. Which Mary Tyler Moore character would we be? You are... I mean... It's pretty obvious. So obvious. I'm Kevin McLeod. Yeah. I'm afraid I don't know anything about Mary Tyler Moore. (laughs) So does that make Ben Grant? Yeah, I was thinking somewhere between that and Sue (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Yeah, no. (laughs) And I bet this is funnier if you know what the hell you guys are talking about. Sure thing. I feel like we finally nailed our demographic pop culture references, by the way. (laughs) So... (laughs) Can we talk about how Ben tried to, like, game theory this thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What what, is, what does that mean? I feel like that means something. Dude, if there's anything I'm good at, it's overthinking shit. <laughs> Coming up with the same answer I would have yeah. if I hadn't spent so long thinking about it, but thinking for a while. Like when you were doing tests in high school or something, standardized stuff, would you come up with an answer and then like spend 20 minutes thinking about why that might be wrong and put the wrong answer later on? Um... I think when it came to standardized tests, I was pretty good at trusting my first instinct because that had been like drilled into me. I think if not for that, then yes, that's exactly what I would have done. Fair. I remember that drilling that into me too. I don't. I don't know why. Because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were they drilling into you the need to be more decisive? <laughs> <laughs> they were trying. Was this, was this in like classroom exercises, or did they like pull you aside? <laughs> you guys don't have a special class like Jared you're never going to pass if you don't put down any answers for any of the questions anyway it's going to be really exciting uh, as we move into the rest of this podcast to come up with decisions that we stick to and put our names to for the rest of the year 
<laughs> I mean, that's again, why, that's why you're the home run and Jared's the strikeout. It's like <laughs> you're going to come up with answers and we're just going to ride coattails. <clears throat> just like Math Olympia, it's all over again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you did Math Olympia? <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, I was a very good math student up until about eighth grade, and I still have like a incredible knowledge of like up to ninth grade math, <laughs> which serves me really well in the SATs, uh, yeah. and even like the GREs. Like everyone, yeah. um, the College Board thinks I am much smarter than I am. <laughs> Nobody like, remembers no, I just that. Stopped math. here. Yeah, I don't anyway. But. <laughs> Nobody um, remembers that myth, right? It's like no, no. But you are not here about my middle school math <laughs> prowess. I don't know quite why you're here, but it's possibly to talk about the American League and baseball. So we should probably pivot into that before we spend two hours reminiscing. I was um, just trying to avoid this for as long as possible. I I know why. Let's probe into this since we are introspective. <laughs> <laughs> no so we, we we talked about the uh, National League last week for those who were listening, um, and if you haven't heard it, go back. It is uh, maybe a thrilling discussion, maybe it's a discussion, who knows? Um, you can listen to our thoughts then, but we're going to talk about the more important league um, this week, and so we're going to devote a little bit more time to it. Um, and I guess, uh, do you guys have any top-line feelings about the American League this year. How, how are you feeling about it in general? Um, I'd be okay if there wasn't an American League this year. <laughs> My sense is that the American League, for all its superiority, is going to be much less exciting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, in the National League, the thing that jumped out to me was uh, anything could happen, basically. You know, obviously, not exactly anything, but... In the American League, it seems like it's basically like Yankees and Red Sox, Tom, Indians, and Astros, and you know somebody else will probably make the playoffs, but it doesn't matter because they're not going to be as good as those teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's the most likely scenario, and as anyone from um, D.C. kind of understands, that's not always the way things play out in reality. I feel like <laughs> probably one of those four teams will struggle more than we expected and you know there may be closer races than we expected but certainly in april it doesn't feel that way (laughs) yeah i agree i mean yeah my head says yeah that's exactly what's going to happen but it always it feels like that it never plays out exactly what we expect it's hard for me to see what's going to play out differently but i think something will do you um i know putting you on the spot a little bit do you have a team in mind that if you said, okay, this team is likely to be fifth place or maybe the most, maybe the surprise. Um, not really. I, I mean, mm-hmm. no, I, it just, no. I mean, I could just give a team to give a team, but I don't have any backing for that. Sure. I guess if you force me to pick one in each division. Probably Rays, Twins, and Angels. Yeah, I didn't want to jinx the Rays, but Rays. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I think they're, to me, pretty clearly the fifth best team. Um, maybe even the fourth best team, but they I are think fourth. in a troublesome division. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious if the Rays are playing in the Central, what their projections would look like. I, I would not, yeah, I would not pick Cleveland to win the Central in that case. <laughs> yeah, I think they're better than Cleveland. Um, which is, you know, it, it is fascinating as <laughs> uh, as an ostensible White Sox fan. It is really, uh, I mean, I guess it's heartening to be able to see light at the end of the tunnel, even though your rebuild is not going well, to be able to be like, oh, maybe we can win anyway. I, I you know, I'm sure you know what that feels like. But <laughs> the, I, I'm not, I, this is the world's worst drinking game. Everyone is just going to drive off the road. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, it, it's also just like uninspiring. I, I do think a lot of the like malaise of, you know, wire, why is it just baseball feels so stagnant right now is, is due to the American league and the, just the teams being so stratiated that, and, and the teams chasing kind of being the more impoverished teams, theoretically at least. So they just, there's just like this lack of effort on everybody's part. And I think we've seen a lot of talent move into the national league. You know, last year was the first time the national league won interleague since interleague existed something like that yeah it's been a while and you know i I feel like even more so this year Uh, all right so let me as i can sort of kind of tie this to score sheet i guess a little bit but thinking about the central and and cleveland if you if you were in a score sheet division something like that would you how much do would you look at a team like cleveland and, and see their their on the downward trajectory and maybe um, susceptible this year, how much would that change your plans? Would you still just plan for your team to be good whenever your team is good? Or would you say, hey, you know what, Like maybe my team's a year away from competing really, but I can kind of go on this year and make a run at it? It's interesting. It depends on your goal, right? And I think this is something that Ben could talk about, so I'll hand it over in a second. But, um, you know, I, I think we tend to be actually more like these steady teams that don't really put all our chips in in any given year. Um, and, you know, I think what it comes down to is what your goal is. That is it winning the division or is it building a championship contender? And so, I mean, I think it, were we the Twins or the White Sox, it would be cool to knock off Cleveland and get to the playoffs, but I don't think that gives us a team that would have a prayer of competing in to win or make the World Series. I think there's a little bit more randomness in the actual Major League playoffs than in the score sheet playoffs because of the way some of the September stuff is weighted in score sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's probably a little bit more justification in real life to saying, like, let's just get into the lottery and then, you know, see how far we can go. Um, I do agree with you that generally we espouse this all or nothing, like full rebuild, go for the championship because flags fly forever sort of uh, strategy, and then we don't really do that very well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or at least haven't. You know, like you know, like we haven't. I think seized some of the opportunities that were available to us to really fully rebuild. Um, and 
and it's a typical story, but I think it's like, you know, we don't really want to admit to ourselves that um, Evan Longoria is not going to be part of a championship core again, or, um, you know, Felix Hernandez is not a keeper, and so you, you know, you hold on to him for a year too long, and then his values basically expire to you, and, you know, so... Yeah, or that... Uh, conversely, that our team is like one player away, and we should cash in Aloy Jimenez or Kyle Tucker for a player who could win <laughs> us a league this year. Like Kluber, is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Although, yeah. I mean, maybe like, not Kluber specifically, but somebody right. like Kluber. Yeah, just uh, as a thing. Right? Like, I think we we tend to behave the way a lot of the general managers in the AL do. And it is distressing to me when I see other teams do it. So, you know, maybe. <laughs> As Eric suggested, we should be a little bit more reflective. <laughs> oh, that's boring. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of boring, um, I do want to talk about uh, each team briefly. <laughs> and uh, do something something like I did in the NL last week, where uh focus on, let's say, one interesting player. So uh, just to define the terms, I... I it's not like quite a breakout player, I think, but it is the player who I'm watching the most in the early season. They are players who have tended to end up on our teams uh, for one reason or another. Um, and possibly like players who I have a good feeling about, but maybe if they fail, we will never talk about them again. <laughs> and they will go in the official Greg Bird memory hole. Oh, <laughs> who? Greg Bird. <laughs> You know, I, I okay, not not to I, Greg Bird, who is a great joke. Um, nearly drafted him again by the end of this season. Like he's looking really good in spring training. <laughs> and like right now, I am just like on the top of that roller coaster once again. Like just going, I don't know what's coming up next. And like we we know what's coming up next. It is, <laughs> it is straight downhill. It is a shot downward. But like you know, maybe if he you know. Um, like they move Luke Void over, maybe they bench Brett Gardner. I don't know. Like they gotta get some plate appearances with Greg Bird. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yankees are great. I know. I know it's yeah. But all right. Uh, so I want to go west to east for some reason, and best team to worst team for some reason. <laughs> um, so we'll start in the AL West, <laughs> where uh, Houston Astros. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel like the Houston Astros have a lot of, like, potential breakout players, necessarily. A player who I'd like to hasn't ended up on any of our teams, but uh, you wanted him pretty badly. Uh, Brad Peacock got moved back into the rotation. Mm. And the Astros have a billion pitchers, and I feel like all of their starting pitchers are somewhat devalued in score sheet, uh, including their rookies, uh, other, than, other than the Aces, obviously. Just because I think the Astros are one of the teams like the Dodgers that may just you know, galaxy-minded themselves beyond the concept of starting pitcher and just are going to have everyone throw three innings from now on. So I don't know that Brad Peacock will hold his job, even if he is a good starter. But I do like him as a number three, number two starter. Uh, I'm also interested in what Carlos Correa does. He's injured again. You know, I'm a little concerned, but I would like to see him break out a bit. Uh, Los Angeles Angels. Um, Sorry, I have a question about Correa. Yeah, are you really thinking breakout, or are you just thinking return to form? Yeah, return to form. I would, I, I would say, I'm curious as to what his next 500 uh, plate appearances would be like. If that's the best way I can define the exercise. Okay. Um, you know, I think 
had he not been injured, I think this would have been a year where we could have seen a jump. Um, now I'm starting to get a little too very worried. Mm. But, you know, I'm still curious. Like, I want to see him pay off, obviously, right. what he could be. Uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Again, it's not a team with, like, a ton of uh, transition or a ton of breakout potential. Um, a player who we're just going to ride or die with forever is uh, Tyler Skaggs, <laughs> uh, who, uh, if you recall from last year, had a two-and-a-half ERA uh, for the first three months, looked like he was finally cashing in on everything, got hurt immediately, like, just, uh, I don't know, spit the bit and, like, bombed the second half of the season, ended up with the same ERA he always does. I am in, once again, I do I do think there is a version of him that is like a number two starter at one point, and we, we may see that season. Uh, but he will probably always be hurt in a fourth starter. And maybe if he has another season like that, I will finally come to accept that. Um, the Oakland Athletics, uh, I think it's a popular breakout pick, but we have really loved and Put a planted a flag in uh, taking Ramon Laureano um, again, who has been terrific uh, throughout his career, with the exception of one terrible season uh, in the minors in Houston. Um, you know, not that you can excise that necessarily, but uh, if you if you do take it out of his career, uh, the rest of his career makes sense. I think, obviously, even. Uh, without breaking out, he's probably a two to three win player, mostly on the defensive side. Um, but I think Thunderbirds are go. If that's not exciting to you, uh, Chad Pinder is a player who we have been targeting in a lot of leagues as well. I uh, drafted him in the mock draft. Uh, just pure stat cast nonsense. Uh, he just hits the ball very hard, and there's something intriguing about him there. Uh, Seattle is another team without like a ton of breakout potential. I guess I'm interested in Yusei Kikuchi, but I don't know. I, I don't really think of him as like a breakout player. I think he's fine. I watched him again, obviously, this week. He seemed fine. I don't know. Maybe he's better than fine, but I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if we give Domingo Santana one more starting job, if he is going to... Um, just be like the adequate strong offense, poor defense corner outfielder that I had always expected. Uh, you know, he got shuttled around a little bit in Milwaukee, which ran out of room and patience with him. But, you know, I, I do think as, as a last chance, I, I think he's ended up in a good place. Uh, Texas, um, you know, there are certainly some interesting players on the offensive side. Uh, you know, it, it would be, I'm curious if Rube Odor can do it again. Um, curious if Joey Gallo can take a step, but I think that's those players are pretty obvious. Uh, just to focus on their like uh, rehab cases and veteran misfit toys that they call their <laughs> rotation for a second. Uh, Mike Miner has ended up on like all of our teams for some reason. I don't particularly like him, but um, you know he had a pretty good comeback year in Kansas City. I think there's a little more there. Um, he's definitely not going to be pressed for innings. Like if he is ambulatory, he's going to throw 150 innings um you know i i think there's uh a lot to be said for that i i'd also like to call attention to drew smiley uh i don't know you know obviously he's missed like two seasons in a row now which is pretty dismal but i think the drew smiley before he got hurt was on the verge of a breakout um i don't know if any of that is left in there but uh i'm and 
from what I saw in the spring training numbers, I didn't really see that in there. But I, I'm I'm enough to be curious, uh, which I guess is Texas's entire uh, pitching strategy. Sign <laughs> <laughs> sign the prospects of 2011. See what happens. Um, in the uh, AL Central, uh, Cleveland. Uh, again, not a team with like a ton of surprises. I, no, no team has really changed its roster at all, it, which is a sign for the AL. There's like a lot of stagnancy uh, up and down the roster. Uh, Shane Bieber is a player who we think could probably take another step forward. Um, I like how you say we there. That's clever. Yeah, <laughs> I picked him up in a roto league. I'm in all in on Shane Bieber. <laughs> You're a believer. Yeah, we believe. We believe. We don't, we don't joke about Shane Bieber like that. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Now that, is that where joke, that joke is too obvious and mm-hmm. obviously beneath us. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, you know, it, I I think there's always been hope that this kind of player, uh, this kind of pl- this type of player, like the control freak. Um, Gave a bunch bunch of home runs, but hopefully all solo home runs. That's always been kind of a favorite um, version of our uh, a favorite player of ours. Um, but you know, I think the thing that distinguishes Bieber a little bit is that he actually has some velocity to back it up. So it's not just like a Josh Towers um, like look out situation. I miss Josh Towers. I miss Josh Towers too. I, I still think the breakout is in there somewhere. <laughs> He's what forty? It could happen. Um, the Minnesota Twins, uh, obviously Byron Buxton. Like you know, we don't have him in any teams. We like aggressively got rid of him. But aren't you interested to see the next five hundred at bats of Byron Buxton's career? Yes, I feel like that'll tell us a lot. Um, also, uh, I I feel like I haven't heard enough about Michael Pineda coming back. Um. You know, I don't know if everyone just got tired of him, but I think there's a version of Michael Pineda that could be a very, very good pitcher. Um, I, you know, he had Tommy John surgery, which feels relatively standard. I haven't heard anything bad. Um, I'm curious. I like. I think the baseline is a mid rotation starter. I think there's still upside. Uh, maybe he's just you know boring at this point, but I am. I would like to see if Minnesota can get anything out of him. Um, I have a theory that Williams Estadio has been overdrafted in every fantasy league. Yes, yes, that's that's true. Uh, I, I've been watching the Twins a bunch this last week. Uh, he's fun. I get it. I get it. His helmet flies off all the time. Um, yeah, I didn't want to pick him as a breakout pick because he is obviously the internet's favorite child. Sure. Uh, but, right, you know if you are listening to this already. Uh, but yeah, at least for next year, like. I, I it, it's hard for me to imagine how he'll get enough at bats to succeed. Uh, although obviously, if he does, he's going to be a top five catcher in the AL. So, yeah, I guess that's a breakout. Uh, the White Sox, um, everything is sad. Uh, but Eloy, Eloy Jimenez, yes. Um, you know, it's not like a surprising breakout, but I am very curious to see if Eloy Jimenez can deliver on his promise i think we are relatively high on him at this point even uh, among other people i think score sheet is a reasonably good format for him although he as a uh, right-handed outfielder without a lot of defense like kind of limits his overall upside 
but um you know with as a player in a good ballpark without a lot of defense i think score sheet also caps his downside a little bit uh and i don't know like lucas giolito is throwing harder in spring training and i don't know what to do with that i'm just <laughs> gonna note it uh i i've never seen him pitch well <laughs> so that would be nice i guess <laughs> uh yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I've been hearing all spring training about uh, Martin Perez breakout, for instance. Uh, he's throwing a few miles per hour harder if he missed it as well. Uh, and then I, I just watched him, and it's like four walks, four strikeouts, a bunch of runs. You know, that's Martin Perez. <laughs> I don't mean this to imply anything, but do we have a sense for how players that are sort of mid-career, especially pitchers, I guess, are able to improve such a raw component of performance like velocity um well with Perez what they were saying was a lot of it was hip rotation um that they felt like he uh was a little too stiff and they were able to diagnose it because they brought like you know uh <laughs> like video equipment for the first time mm-hmm. um and right I'm, I'm we're in a position where it's like every change could be real because that's what 2019 means in baseball. It's like, yeah, we, you know, if someone's like, some like discount hitting tro- uh, coach like pulled up like a truck and in that truck was like video of how a player was doing badly and then there was like a radioactive serum and he got bit by a spider. I don't know. Like every story about a player's um, breakout potential, I'm like, yeah, I guess. I guess that's true now. Max Muncy's good, so anything could happen. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, it it it's a strange time to be a fan. Um, you know, I think everyone is just kind of relying on. Uh, you know, maybe technology will save us. Um, in Detroit, uh, you know, that's a that's a rough team. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of excitement going on there in the uh, Greater Michigan area. Um. I am interested to see if Jamer Candelario can get his hitting. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say back. I you know he. I always liked his bat in the minors, um, but he's always a little old for his levels. This could just be who he is. I think there's maybe potential for a breakout, uh, and there's not a lot else that's super exciting there. So uh, I will be watching him when I watch the Tigers, which will be extremely, extremely infrequently. <laughs> Uh, Casey actually has a bunch of interesting players, none of which are the fast guys, really. That's I I don't know. Have you been hearing about like, well, you know, Casey's they're not going to be any good, but at least they'll be fun. Yeah. It's like is I don't know. Do I watch the game differently? Is like two eighty on base outfielders who like dance off first base a lot? Is that fun? Or <laughs> like, were we missing that from the game? I don't know, like, a lot of steals can be fun. I guess. I've never found, like, the running game that... It's not my favorite part of baseball, for sure. And, like, throws over to first are, like, my single least favorite part of baseball. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, that's because you're the home run. You don't care about base stuff. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> our team go far. Yeah, that's... 
That's fair. Uh, and whereas you're, you play the game the right way. The right <laughs> way. Okay, I'll see. But uh, the one fast guy, who I guess I'm interested in, um, you know, I I was not a believer in Alberto Mondesi. I'm still probably more on the skeptical side, but I, I think given the Darth of exciting options to pick from, I think he's obviously the player who will dictate the future of Kansas City the most in the next, um, you know, over the next season. Like, if he becomes a star, which I guess is possible, right? If the power comes around. Yeah. Like, even without play discipline, you could see a version of him that's very exciting in the way that Javier Baez was last year. Um, and, you know, maybe that's something to build around or get excited by, and it doesn't take much. I mean, we'll get to a team that doesn't have it in a second, but um, <laughs> before that, moving to the East. So the New York Yankees are they're the new york yankees are going to be fun as heck no we should just accept that uh i don't feel like they have a ton of breakout players they just have a lot of players who are like really good and exciting (laughs) and fun and hit the ball extremely far um and the world was a better place when the yankees were mediocre yeah, and old right and now they're just like young and all the players are fun and it happens so fast Like, I feel like, maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention, but I feel like we, like, smash cut from the old mediocre Yankees to the young, fun Yankees. I'm like, ugh, I guess guess these guys are fun to watch. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it felt like for a decade it was, like, the end of Mark Teixeira's career, just, like, steadily spooling out before us, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, everyone's 23, and they hit the ball, like, a mile and a half? Okay, great. Uh, so I look forward to getting wanded by Yankee Stadium security for half an hour um, several times this year because, uh, you know, uh, make the trek up to Yankee Stadium where customer service is an option. <laughs> <laughs> Just they, they they do have like the least the worst customer service in baseball. Some Somebody needs to say it. It's just like a bad experience to go to Yankee Stadium. Um but, you know, I guess at least the team will be exciting when you're listening to Cotton Eye Joe for the 800th time. Like, update your pro... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> next next week's talk at the Yankee Stadium. Bad experience. I have notes. <laughs> uh, when I go to a game next, I will, I will take note if they have actually changed anything. Um, but uh, as for players, breakout players... Um, I want to go a little off track. I mean, obviously, like, Glaber Torres will be fun, and Aaron Judge will be fun. It'll be interesting to see if Luke Voigt will come back, and, you know, maybe we'll hear something out of Greg Bird. Who? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, CC Sabathia's uh, condition and some of the injuries uh, will lead to a couple of rotation spots. Uh, Jonathan Loizaga is getting a lot of play in the early going. Uh, I think he's an interesting breakout. I did want to flag Domingo Herman. Uh, maybe there's nothing there, but you know, there. I could also see him breaking out a little bit, and uh, it would kind of be the old standard way of like getting your control together a little bit. But I, I've always liked him. I feel like he has some, um, like the bare bones of a player who could be more interesting. And if not, um, you know, he'll be the. 8,000 flamethrower in the bullpen. So, 
Run me through a scenario where the Yankees win fewer than 95 games. What has it, to happen? It's really, really a challenge. Um, I, I think you, I think you could see a way. I think we, you are predicting break or breakouts or steadiness for a lot of players, and who are you know obviously on a step. But let's say Glaber Torres uh, crashes. You know, um, if. Uh, I mean, injuries could derail anybody's season. Yeah, so. sure, but I mean, it'd have to be a lot. Like looking over their roster, I, I mean, they don't even need Glaber Torres. Yeah, they have DJ LeMay. Like they, right? They have actual like starting. Wait, DJ LeMay is on the Yankees now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's uh, there's your 2019 AL previews. <laughs> <laughs> DJ LeMay on the Yankees in like a utility role. Yeah. He's, they're like, maybe we'll squeeze him into first base occasionally. It's like, you just, it, it's like, it's like when you go to Costco and you have a Costco card after not having one for a while, and then you're like, why do I have 36 cans of tuna? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if they sustain two major injuries to the hitters and two major injuries to the starter pitchers, I think they're still fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they might not win 95. I think they still would. It, it's really tricky. Like, they, you know, they are down a couple starters, and I'm like, they could probably lose all their starters and just throw bullpen oh. games and be fine. That's the kind of score sheet team I want to have, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, you guys you already know this. Team. You guys already know this because I've been talking about this since we were in Wasserman together back in the day. I was just like, <clears throat> that was back when, and I tried to build that team. That was back before we were running teams together, but it's just so much more fun that way. It's like there's a certain excitement to like, can I win this like fourteen to thirteen baseball game? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get there. They are, they are running your dream score sheet team though. It is it is sad. It's just sad all around. Yankees good. Yankees fun. Everything is bad. Um, moving on to everything being bad, Boston Red Sox. Uh, again, like, uh, I don't think they need breakout players. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm higher in Rafael Devers than consensus. He's like, he was like 21 last year, right? Everyone realizes that. And I guess you saw, like, the downside to him. You know, maybe he's not going to get on base enough. Um, uh, you know, if he doesn't play defense well enough, he's going to get moved over to first or to another team. And like, there's definitely, there's definitely a path where he like crashes out of baseball. But, um, you know, I think he can also really just hit the snot out of the ball. And maybe there's a version of him that is a star and maybe it starts this year. Um, he also ended up with Jackie Bradley Jr. on a number of teams. Um, I, Again, maybe it's not cast, but I do feel like there is one season where Jackie Bradley Jr. and he's older than he's like twenty nine now, right or thirty. Um, but I do feel like there's one season where he's just going to put together every trait that he has flashed. And then still trying like, to defend that mock draft pick from like six years ago. <laughs> no, he's he's gone higher than that since then. <laughs> we drafted him in the sixth round like six years ago, and we were proven right over time. <laughs> I think we were the ones that drafted him earlier a few of those times, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think he's shown every... Like, there might be a Jacoby Ellsbury 2011, maybe not to that degree, but, like, he has a lot of different tools, and you can see them all come together. Um, Tampa, 
the San Diego of the South. San Diego is also of the South. Southeast? AL? The San Diego of the AL. Landed on it. Everyone's interesting. Um, they have a lot of fun, like, the Yankees could get could have like two injuries and still win ninety five games. Uh, Tampa could suffer like seven injuries and still have essentially the same eighty four win team. <laughs> it's like a different talent. <laughs> I don't know if it's as exciting. It's like a strange party trick. <laughs> like we lead the universe in two win players. <laughs> uh, but. Um, you know, obviously they've like amortized their team and, you know, they have like nine or ten players that could be like interesting breakouts. Uh, I I would highlight of them. I think the one I'm most interested in right at first is Brandon Lau um, of the recent extension. Um, you know, is uh, just if you plop him at second or plop him at first, is there a 25 home run bat in there early on? But, you know, could be a billion player. Could be Tyler Glass now. Could be Austin Meadows. Uh, maybe Tommy Pham is the MVP candidate. We'll get to that. You know, is it Kevin Kiermeyer coming back? Just ever, ever, like everyone could be good. And maybe everyone will just be a two win player. <laughs> so, we'll so I have see. a question about this because I think it's like one of the oldest tenets of like analytics in terms of um, team building that. Stars and Scrubs is easier to upgrade than, like, you know, a plethora of mediocre um, players' mediocrity. And the Rays are obviously a a smart group of folks, especially in the front office. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think is their, like, pitch around this approach? Like, what is the strategy? Like, when they are, like, drawing up the game plan, you know, how do you think they're thinking about, like, their route to success given, you know, a roster of, like you said, two-win players. I, I mean, it's interesting. I guess they have tried to seek out players with higher variance. It's, I think, why they traded for FAM. It's why they traded for Austin Meadows and, um, you know, Tyler Glass now. Um, so maybe that's part of it like the other thing they they didn't come from like well we don't want any stars i think they have turned a bunch of potential zero win players into two win players through player development and so in that sense you know maybe they will be able to trade four for one and get a star that way yeah i mean i think money is part of it right they that's just how they had to construct the team i think you know i think it's not illogical to have a scenario where you know having no holes that is pretty important too to have nobody with negative or zero war going on and then you <laughs> I, i'm just disappointed that toronto's coming up next because <laughs> like the perfect segue but okay and then maybe look into a season where one or two guys has a fluky or breakout year you know yeah that makes sense um yeah, it, it's interesting, and like I think the most likely scenario is they miss the playoffs by ten games. Yeah, but I can see them pushing Austin. Um, I, it's harder for me to see them pushing the Yankees. But right, you just have right. I think it's what you were saying. You just have to get into the playoffs somehow, yeah. and then figure out what to do from there. Yeah, and it's an exciting challenge. Um. 
so uh, yeah, I think they'll be one of the teams I will be watching the most in the early going until I understand better what they are. Uh, Toronto is also like sneaky, a little more fun than you would expect. Um, obviously, they will get a lot more fun in three weeks, where um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, becomes a major leaguer. <laughs> Magically uh, has developed enough to <laughs> be major league caliber after the uh, Super yeah. 2 deadline. I just think, like, when he had the oblique injury in spring training, there must have been someone who did, like, the like Jerry Maguire elbow, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to themselves. And <laughs> you were like, no, he, I mean, he was perfect the whole time. We just thought he did uh, the injury and all. Um, but... You know, they're about to get very fun. Uh, on the roster right now, I don't think there are, like, a ton of, like, again, exciting breakout players. Uh, I We talked about this during the Mock Draft podcast. Um, I think Danny Jansen it will, has the starting job. Um, I don't know that he's a breakout player so much as a good player who will have a starting job for the first time. Um, but I'm curious to see if there is even more in there than... Um, we might think, and I feel like even the downside, like catcher, is such a nightmare. Like if he's just a typical starting catcher, yeah, that's fine too. Yeah. Um. So there's one team left. No, that was a great um, wraparound. I think we did a good job. Thanks okay. for your hard work, Ian. Appreciate it. We covered all the useful teams. Yeah. <laughs> all so, the teams worth watching. So I don't know how to approach this season preview. Um. Last week on uh, Fangraphs.com, uh, they uh, they did a season preview of their own, where instead of going by team, they went by position and ranked all the teams uh, placed in the depth charts. Um, I had trouble finding the Baltimore Orioles in these rankings. I, I think uh, your glasses maybe need a new prescription. Yeah, just... Because, you know, you, you, like, read an article, and it's a long article, and it's sometimes hard to scroll all the way to the bottom. And I probably just missed them somewhere in the middle. Yes. But, um, boy, when you line it up. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? There was, like, one position where they were 26th, right? Was that left field? Yes, maybe. Where they were ranked 26th? And that was, like, the high water. It was, a, like, they should have held a parade that day. <laughs> <laughs> they're consistent that's yeah. what you want in a team right consistency yeah. <laughs> more 30s than the end of draft copy in a newspaper <laughs> article oh boy it was <laughs> just uh, that is a oh my god I was looking at that and going I don't know if I can watch this team once a month <laughs> So I you're going to be... do it once a day. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to watch this team every day. Yeah. Just yeah. turn on the TV and go, I wonder what these players are up to. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, so, Jared, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, who, which player are you most excited by to watch you, on opening day? How do you limit it to just one uh, uh, opening day, I mean, obviously opening day starter, Andrew Kashner is uh, going to be exciting. <laughs> um, but not the way you want him to be, probably. 
I'm fascinated by what happens with Chris Davis. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's I mean, what's the his strikeout rate at which point they cut bait on him? Like sixty percent, seventy percent? There's gotta be a number where they're like, no, we're calling it. But I don't know what that number is. <laughs> Just to see him approach infinite strikeouts. Like, yeah, like the Alan Shepard of just poor offense, just like right breaking, like breaking the space barrier. Just like, I okay, this is exciting. You sold me on that, <laughs> but no, I mean it's tough. Like I don't know what to say. You see something like Richie Martin, which I guess, but on any other team, he's like a backup utility guy. I I, I don't on any other team, he's in double <laughs> A. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> Backup utility guy is extremely generous. <laughs> Got to give me something here, Ian. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost impressive how uninspiring to a team. Yeah. Is. Um, like it's not just that they're bad; it's that there's like no hope anywhere. Um, like I could see a scenario. Like I was trying to think, what is the most optimistic scenario for the Orioles? It's like. Okay, well, we know all these players never, like, never got any professional minor league development, right? So maybe they'll learn that. Like, maybe that's good for the pitchers. Maybe there's a way that Dylan Bundy breaks out uh, and they show him, like, oh, you've been pitching wrong. He's like, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I have. <laughs> and then he just gets traded, right? That's like it oh, uh, oh yeah if he's any good at all he's gonna get traded immediately um i put in austin hayes as the name there he's not even on the opening day roster and he's no, out he's for him right yeah um i don't know he was so bad last year i guess he could be okay uh it's it's a nightmare it is <laughs> just they are like i i've been making a lot of oriole jokes um over the years and then you just sit down with a team and you're like, oh, this is so much worse <laughs> than I imagined. This is a horrible team. <laughs> so I heard this question somewhere else up here I'm stealing it from, but uh, who's the uh, O's All-Star this year? Or I, are they going to change the rules? So. <laughs> I put on the, like, uh, who would you put on, like, the media guide? <laughs> um, or over. Fun for or yeah. or yeah yeah um you know the all star is going to be i assume michael gibbons right sure cuz it's like the one and down pick the terrible closer rule sure i mean but he's going to have like two saves cuz there wasn't going to win any games by the all star break so yeah i think he will also potentially be genuinely the best player on the team in terms of war <laughs> as a one and closer <laughs> Mitigate the amount of damage he can have. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, how many wins are you predicting for the Orioles this year? We we haven't really. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I, yeah. I kind of do. Jared doesn't really do that. Yeah. <laughs> he just so, expects uh, them to win. Uh, yeah. I'm it's trying true. to like. At what point you would take the over? Um, like sixty, right? The uh, Pakoda has him at fifty-eight, hard under on fifty-eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Fangraphs um, <laughs> has him at 62. CBS Sports has him at 56. Under. 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 It's just, uh, it's hard Bleacher to see Report has him at 57. Roto you know? Champ has him at 63. I don't, I don't, it's, so part of me says that they're going to be sneaky good this year because I have to say that. I mean, you know, I don't know how it's going to be. I've seen every You don't have to say that. Movie. You don't, it's, it's you don't have like to that. say that, Jared. I mean, uh, well, what's really going to happen is they're, not, they're going to avoid getting the number one draft pick uh, next year. Uh-oh. Somehow that's going to happen. So if that means they have to win 63 games, fine, so be it. That's what's going to happen. But okay. it's hard to like look at, go down to the individual player level and build some sort of model. Like looking at each individual player, how is this team going to win 60 games? You can't. I don't see how you can do that. Oh, my God. I watched Josh Rogers in the spring training. Yep. Oh. Like, it's not like there's hope coming from the minor. <laughs> it's... I watched David I'm Hattie. sensing a theme here, Jared. Yeah. It's not like they've been like sitting on better players developing no. these are just like it's bad in the um the o's opening day rotation it's andrew cashner in game one game two is a bullpen game and three four and five are question marks what that's to start the season wait really <laughs> yeah that's amazing <laughs> oh that's 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 not great <laughs> yeah okay uh so look forward to that being a running theme of this podcast <laughs> for the season um all right so that's that's all i feel like in the interest of time maybe we should just do some awards and maybe just if we want to um come up with our playoff teams and award winners for sure. the season so uh we didn't do playoff teams uh in the nl but um where it's actually tricky, right? Where it's actually interesting. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe maybe we'll warm up in the AL because um, I think we have four play. Like, okay. So my my thought on these season preview things, by the way, um, is that they're all done incorrectly because it's done like which team do you predict to win the division? Which is a dumb question. The question should be like, what are the odds of each team winning the division? At least in a like. Sabermetric mm-hmm. type publication. Uh, that said, I don't really have the time or interest to do that, so we're going to do it the easy way. Great. <laughs> but um, there are definitely places that have um, projected that sort of information. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more fun because it's like that's when it's like oh, twenty seven out of twenty seven people pick the Astros to win the division, but look at the Angels. I guess nobody knows anything. It's like okay, yeah, but. Like, you should pick the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not saying that the Astros were, like, a dead lock because 27 out of 27 people picked them in first place. It's just, like... They're obviously the, the best team. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like you lose sort of gradation. I feel like you lose, like, which teams you think are likely to break out or interesting. It's tough to plant a flag and still seem like a sane person. Uh, but that said, we're going to do it the easy way. So... Yeah. Um, so in the AL, we have Yankees in the East, I'm going to say. Yep. What kind of odds would you need to make, say having the Orioles winning the East would be what? worthwhile bet? What? Are you on a what? sports website? No, I'm same? just curious. Like, if you had a, like, at what point does it become... Off the board. 
Is there any number where you're like, you know, this is probably worth it from a mathematical perspective? So to spend like one dollar and get ten thousand to one. I think higher than that, right? No, that's a waste of a dollar. I could buy like <laughs> Joe gum for that. No, I would put a dollar on. Actually, if they were really ten thousand to one, I would probably put like a hundred dollars down just because that would be so unfathomable. I feel pretty confident they're ten thousand to one. No. Okay, uh, I take I back what I, I said about I the hundred dollars. But yeah, <laughs> I'll do some research over it. Uh, but um, I, it's hard to imagine there being a number. Um, but yeah, so the Yankees and the AL East, I think we see them as pretty substantially better than the Red Sox. Um, Cleveland in the Central, although you know, I I feel like I like Minnesota to come closer to challenging them. Uh, yeah. I think I want, like one. I think it'll be at least ten games. Ooh, I also take the under. Interesting. I, I would, yeah, I would take the under, but I, like again, like I have to pick Cleveland. I, I think ten games uh, is the closest that I can see any of the various online projections having the Twins. I feel like they have more faith in Corey Kluber than I do, and I, 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 I never like teams that are built so much through pitching as Cleveland is because I feel like. Uh, projection systems, you know, they roll the dice on injury, but not in like exactly a way that you can do it in real life. Um, so you know, part of me thinks that Minnesota has a better shot, but yeah, it's not great. Remind me who the uh, Twins pitchers are. Yeah, uh, they're all superstars. Yeah, we, we we went over that. Yeah, Martin <laughs> Perez, he picked up some velocity. They're uh, <laughs> nobody injury prone or anybody that's been injured no, like eight Iron times Man. or coming back from Tommy John or anything like that. It's a bunch of pitching machines who are uh, <laughs> sentient. Yeah, really talented. So then I got yeah. good news on Bovada. Orioles are plus thirty thousand to win the American League East. Wow, that's got to be worth at least a dollar. That's a new car for a dollar. Come on, <laughs> I would I would put it in a mutual fund. For, <laughs> I feel like that gets me closer to a car. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to you losing your dollar. Uh, in the West, we have Houston, um, Boston as one of the wild cards. So, as the other wild card, w- will we say the Tampa Bay Bays? Yeah. <laughs> Well, ben hates the Twins. We just established that. It's not that I hate the, tr- the Twins. No, that's not what I said. Yeah, I think the Twins will be the other team closest to the Rays when the Rays win the second wild card. But I don't think the Twins will be that close to the Indians. Okay. I I I like the Twins better as a contender for the division in an eighty nine win kind of scenario than. Although I guess that would yeah, be... Yeah, but 89 awesome. wins would probably get them ahead of the Rays. Yeah, so maybe 85, 86. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to discount the Angels, and I don't want to discount the A's. I, I yeah. think they're both fairly interesting. Um, I have a stupid question. But, we talked about the Angels twice already, but um, it's since the Trout extension, right? We didn't... Did we yeah. talk about that last week? Uh, we did not talk about the Mike Trout extension. Yeah. Mike it will be an, got an extension? I think so. Ooh. I think they decided to... <laughs> it's crazy, right? Lots of money? <laughs> All right. He's totally worth it, right? Isn't he totally worth it? Yeah. He's worth more. I tried explaining that to a coworker. It did not go well. 
Yeah, I don't... Well, okay. All right. That's why we didn't talk about it, because it's boring. He's worth it. <laughs> he's amazing. All hail Trout. Were they like, he's paid too much? Yes. Okay. That's, That's why you just stop talking about baseball with that person. I mean, they're not they're not a dumb person necessarily. It's just you can't doesn't explain can in like five minutes to somebody. Well, I don't know. There's like some things where you're just like, if you can't see this, then it's not going to be interesting talking to you about other things because I have no confidence that you'll get anything else. I mean, I can appreciate how it's hard to fathom that one baseball player is worth over $400 million. I can appreciate that. Uh, okay. Do you just, like, go to Baseball Reference and show them Chris Davis's contract? <laughs> and then say, like, four times this. <laughs> <laughs> you could have him or four of these. <laughs> just like don't make me Google Mark Trumbo. It's just like... <laughs> uh, sorry for that tangent. I guess we'll yep, come back I'll... to that in a second anyway, right? All right. So in the National League. <laughs> Uh, just to start from the easy position, uh, I guess the Dodgers in the West. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, that's it for the easy positions. <laughs> uh, in the Central, who you got? Cardinals. Oh, no. I had the Cardinals, too. Oh, no. Well, I don't know. This is, the problem with the Cardinals is I don't like their pitching as much as I think the projection systems like their pitching. I know going to college in Chicago leaves you guys hating Cubs fans, but I feel like Cardinals fans are like not Cardinals really fans. any better. No, no. But you don't you don't yeah. complain about Cardinals fans nearly as often as you complain about Cubs fans, and I take umbrage with that. Oh, I think that is a correct decision. <laughs> well, like I said, I think it's because you went to college in Chicago. Yes, I bet more Cubs fans than Cardinals fans. That is fair. It's like um, uh, exposure bias or whatever. Yeah, um, I'm, I might actually say the Cubs. Don't Cubs. don't let Ben press you into this. Yeah, it's yeah. not even that I think the Cubs will win the division. I I do think you know, those two wild card spots are just going to be amazingly fun to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't... yeah, we would hope. Yeah, um, I think certainly all five teams have at least some shot. It's hard for me to construct the scenario Wait. where the Pirates win, but uh, you're talking about all five teams in the Central have a chance at the Central. All five teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I agree with that. Um, I do I think agree. it's mm, fairly unlikely that it's the Reds. Also, I know you mentioned the Pirates, yeah. which I also agree with, but yeah, yeah. It seems like the Reds have pursued a strategy of like signing famous people, which is not like ideal, but. It's also very reds of them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's not out of the question. I think they have a lot of talent in, hanging around the upper minors. Yeah, it's possible, uh, but very right. unlikely. Um, right, I do think it comes down to three teams. Um, I would probably say the Cardinals, given April. I might just change my answer to the Cubs, given the vagaries of pitching. I don't and see how you could... I think the Brewers are easily in the mix as well. I don't see how you could change your division pick based on spring training. Oh, the vagaries of pitching. 
not spring training. I thought I you said based it. on April. Oh, based on the team that they are rolling into. Like, if if you told me 162 games of these people. Oh. Okay. Um, Roster I just, composition today, basically. Yeah. Okay. I think the Cubs probably have more resources to spend. And, um... Yeah. Although, like, they don't have... The Cubs don't have a ton of depth, but I feel like the Cardinals have uh, even less depth in the rotation, and they don't quite realize it. Um, which may point towards Milwaukee, who actually do have rotation depth. <laughs> yeah. When I was hemming and hawing about the Cardinals, I was actually thinking about the Brewers, not the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we may we may all have to go our own way on this. How much more exciting would baseball be if the Rays were in this division? Uh, that would be great. Yeah. Be all right. We side. should have like a good teams division and everyone else division. That's <laughs> relegation. That's fair. Yeah, you could see like the Marlins playing against the Orioles uh, thirty-five times a year, or whatever. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, so this in. game has been called due to ineptitude. <laughs> zero to zero in the ninth. They're like, no, <laughs> nobody's done anything that constitutes a baseball skill. Jared, is that your? idea of heaven or hell <laughs> yes <laughs> i like well, instead of experimenting the atlantic league they should just let the o's and marlins play each other for like an entire month and just do whatever rules they want <laughs> calvin mollet yes uh, i would I probably the- watch that <laughs> <laughs> or you do like uh, you know, they have to play 100 games in a row, and after every game, the winner gets to make a new rule. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> All right. Sorry, let's predict that yeah. at least. I keep taking us on terrible tangents. Um, I don't really have a good answer to who will win the AL East. I do not feel good about any pick. I will. You mean the NL East, right? I think you actually the NL East, the yeah. yeah. AL East, I feel relatively confident. Um, NL East. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I would probably say uh, Nationals again. Hmm. I, I'm saying Nats, and which is sad because I appreciate hubris, but I, I think Nats. I it's tough to say which team in the division has the most hubris, though. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they're four <laughs> contenders. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess just to be contrarian, I'll pick the Phillies. I don't really think they'll win actually i think it's the nationals but we can i mean i i don't think it's any more than like 25 24 22 18 so i i don't feel strongly about the nationals pick you could convince me it's the phillies i feel like the phillies do have a strong top end talent they probably have a deeper rotation um i don't like with the my issue with the phillies is i probably don't think that like Gene Segura is quite as great. At, like some of their upgrades, I do think Real Mujo is great, but I, I think he'll fall back a little bit. Um, the Phillies, to me, have a few more holes than the Nats do hmm. at the outset. But um, do you think there's a chance that the Braves win that division? Oh yeah. What chance? Yeah. Is- yeah. And the Mets um, also could. Yeah. The Marlins yeah. definitely could not. Or, you know. Yeah. I, I I like the Marlins better than Consensus. I don't think they're dismal. But 
Um, You'd pick them against the O's in that 100-game series? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can at least pretend to think about it, then. No, the Marlins would win. The, the Marlins would win like eighty-five to ninety games against the Orioles. They're, I think they're a much better team. Oh, wow. <laughs> they have no offense, but they have like four to five interesting starting pitchers. The Orioles uh, have TBD. Sorry, game two. We just <laughs> no, 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 no. The bullpen game is game two. TBD is game sorry. three. Sorry, I, I apologize. <laughs> um, no, Atlanta like. I don't think it's hard to see like three to four breakouts from their stable of starting pitchers. I just wonder whether they'll be able to find cycle through the right pitchers in enough time to not like drop a bunch of games in April and May. Mm. Um, but I, you know, it, it doesn't take much to think that like Ozzy Albies could break out or Ronald right. Acuna could get even better. Uh, Josh Donaldson could be a six win, seven win player. Like, I, I don't think any of that's like unfathomable, and yeah. if that happens, and all of a sudden they're winning the division, I, I you know, I just don't think it's the most likely pick, which is why I would say percentages are more interesting than top line stats. Right. Um, and the, the math, you know, I I am probably less into the maths than the projections, but I, I think they have an easy path to winning the division as well. So, totally conceivable. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I do think probably I would have wh- whichever, whichever one I end up hemming and hauling with between the Nats and Phillies, I, I would have one of them as the wild card mm-hmm. or the number one wild card for me. Mm-hmm. And number two could be the other know. one out of the East instead of the central. Good. Yeah. I'll it doesn't, it Cubs. doesn't have to be the Cardinals. Hmm? Sorry. I'll, I'll say Cubs for the second wild card. Yeah. So, Derry, you've got Phillies, Nationals, Cardinals, Cubs, and Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to say exactly the same, but probably I would say that in a different order. Um, I might, I might say Atlanta with the second wild card, just to vary it if we had to. But like, if I were coming back from the future and I told you it was like. Mets, Braves, Reds, Brewers. Yeah, would you, sure. Would you believe me enough to like go bet your life savings on it? Sure. If you told me the Rockies were like, I could see. It. I don't really like what the Rockies have done, but I could see it. If you told me the Padres had the best record in the NL. I think there's a really clear path to that happening. Yes. Less likely than the others, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, um, awards. Quick, yeah, quickish, quickish awards. Yeah. So AL MVP. Uh, before before it started, we uh, put together a little short list. So Mike Trout. Yeah. Um, Mike Trout. So having a combination of like stories and players, I feel like I feel like storyline has become less and less important. To Thank MVP voting, goodness, with more and more nerds taking over. Yeah, um, but you know, there's still elements of that. So certainly, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, on the list. Um, I think uh, I put Xander Bogarts on the list. I could see his age 27 season being very interesting. 
um, if the Red Sox do pass the Yankees, something has to have changed in order for that to happen. If the Yankees win, um, I feel like Aaron Judge might just win MVP based on hitting 60 home runs and being a very physically buzzing specimen. Um, if the Astros win uh, 100 or 102, um, I don't know. That It could be any of a bunch of players. I put Alex Bregman maybe as the most likely to be the star of that. I feel like he is on the verge of being very well known. Um, I feel like he wants to be a famous person. Yeah, he has a good I was, personality. I was going to say he's definitely more interested in putting himself out there, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like sometimes that pays off in narrative and MVP votes in particular. Um, which is fine. I'm, you know, I'm big supporter of his positions on things. So great. He wants to be a famous person. Ideal. Uh, I was thinking, what if, like, if the Rays surprise? Mm. Um, I bet I can't guess. Yeah. Well, is it like, like, it could be Blake Snell, but I, I did put Tommy Pham. I think there's a potential version of him that has the same season he had two years ago. And that's that level season, yeah. Well, like if the if the Rays win ninety games, how do they do it? Um, I mean, this is the question I was asking earlier, Rays. Like, it's got to be yeah. somebody breaking out. So yeah. whoever that is, that's the answer. Yeah, and I like it could be any of a bunch of people, you know. But I had him theoretically as most likely. I don't think uh, I would put him on a top three list, but just to mention it. Um, so probably. We will be boring and say Mike Trout will be the most valuable player in the American League. Okay, cool. Uh, Cy Young, I have a few names. Uh, I think Chris Sale is on the list. Um, He's never won a Cy Young. That seems ridiculous. Hmm. Um, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole of the Astros. Uh, A bunch of Cleveland Indians. I, I am soft on Corey Kluber this year, but uh, Trevor Bauer for sure, um, but I could see I could see any of the five starters to be frank uh, sneaking into this. Um, you know, I think the I think the shot that all five are good is pretty low, which is why I'm a little down on Cleveland. But you could also see certainly one of them being a Cy Young caliber player. Um, if the Yankees are good, maybe James Paxton gets a bunch of wins and is also a good pitcher. Mm. Um, thus hitting all quadrants <laughs> and uh, you know Blake Snell did win last year I don't think it's super likely he'll go again but uh, I see those as the most likely candidates do you have a favorite from that I mean I hate them all but I'd go with Chris Sale I'm gonna okay. go with Garrett Cole I'm gonna go with Garrett Cole as well oh <laughs> I don't I'm trying to be a contrarian Ian yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed um, to agree with me. Yeah, I, I think he's a really good pitcher, and I can see it happening. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer finish one two and continue their heated rivalry from UCLA, <laughs> where they were teammates in college and yet don't talk to each other. Is one of them is a weirdo? <laughs> Finger I know is not going to say who. <laughs> um, rookie of the year. Um, I, I put a few names on. I, I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. has a shot 
Uh, I mean, he's not a major league player right now, but, you know, I think by the... Maybe someday. Yeah, I think someday he'll figure out how to uh, play at the major league level. Uh, Eloy Jimenez. um, And then coming up, um, you know, Forrest Whitley, I think, has... You could end up taking Brad Peacock's job, who we talked about, but um, or Colin McHugh. Um, I think he's very close, having watched him in spring training. I think Jesus Lizardo had an amazing spring training, for whatever that's worth, and then got hurt right at the end of it. So maybe that's the end of his rookie hopes. Um, and I, I said Danny Jansen, just because he has a job in April, which is always a good way to compile stats as a rookie. Um, any thoughts here? I... I I mean, I, it's Vlad Jr. It's got to be Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr.? Yeah. I think yeah. so. I think he's going to be too exciting to ignore, even though he'll come up a little bit later and have less counting accumulation types of factors. He'll he'll wow voters. Okay. Um, sure. I, I think he'll have the story. I, I, I will say Aloy Jimenez, who I think is maybe a little bit more ready and also is going to have the extra month. But yeah, obviously, I, mean, I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is pretty good. So I think you it's have not to like a shock. Yeah, there are I mean many scenarios where it's not him, but I think you have to say him. Oh, I did not. So <laughs> I do not care for your rules. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, NL MVP. Uh, I think NL MVP could be a very long list, just because again, it's a narrative-based award still to some level, and there are a lot of teams that you could see with the narrative. Um, is NL MVP the most interesting award race? Do you think, or like, will it turn out to be the most interesting award race? Um, one of them, I I think Cy Young is also going to be fascinating in that league. Okay. Um, but you know, part of it is that I think you know, if Mike Trout was in the NL, it would not be an interesting race. Right. Uh, and if Mookie Betts was in the NL, it would not be an interesting race. And I feel like Alex Bregman would be the favorite. Like, I think the favorites are still in the AL, but um, there are a lot of players who I have at a roughly similar level. Uh, I think uh, when talking about the AL MVP race, you have to talk about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, you know, the classic move to a new team narrative. Um, So they are certainly on the list. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is moving to a new team. If the Cardinals are successful... Um, he will probably be the biggest name as to why. Um, you know, even if he's maybe slipped a little bit from his peak, if he recovers at all, too, maybe that's a comeback narrative. Um, if Chris Bryant comes back even to what he was uh, last year, I think you know he would be the best player on the Cubs. Um, the... Uh, you know, I think with um, probably you could expect some regression from Javi Baez and maybe Anthony Rizzo as well. So I, I do think it would be Bryant's team for another year. Um, the Nats are interesting. Uh, I, you know, I think Anthony Rendon has been historically underrated, uh, but maybe it's his team now. Uh, I could also see him just getting passed by Juan Soto, who has an amazing year and just wins the MVP at 20 years old. Or whatever he is. Um, and then, you know, the Brewers. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine Christian Yelich winning a second award. Because I don't, I don't think of him as like a typical MVP caliber player. But uh, there's no one who really stands out as 
like head and shoulders above these players. So he would certainly be the best player on potentially the best team. Uh, do any names from that stand out as a player who you will go with? They really don't. No. I'll go with Harper. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I want to Can I take the field? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you can pick a player. <laughs> That's literally the question. Ah, <laughs> oh, it was worth a shot. So good at making decisions this way. <laughs> um... I'll say Rendon. Okay. I will say Juan Soto. Ooh. All teammates last year. Yes. Uh, See, I know stuff about baseball. <laughs> no, for uh, I think for much the same reason, right? If Washington is going to win the division, I think that will be very surprising to a lot of people. And yeah. They may look to the best player. Um. To that end, actually, you may find them here in El Cy Young race. I I put a bunch of names on this list, but um, to cut it down a little bit, like Jacob deGrom uh, certainly won it last year, could win it again. Uh, Max Scherzer, um, you know, I I think certainly a favorite in this. Uh, Aaron Nola came in third last year. Um, everyone loves Herman Marquez as their sleeper Cy Young pick. Um. And then I have a bunch of what I would consider second-tier names. So Noah Syndergaard, uh, Chris Archer, I put, uh, uh, Walker Bueller, Steven Strasburg. I think uh, you forgot somebody. Jack Flaherty? Nope. Uh, Ian, who's the best pitcher alive? It's a great question. Uh, Max Richard Scherzer? Blyer. I know he's starting the season. I know he's starting the season on the DL, but I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, as a Cy Young winner. Yeah, his team's going to run okay. away with that division, and if he's even remotely healthy uh, after he comes back, I think you know he also benefits from lowered expectations. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And he was a pretty darn good pitcher last year when right. healthy. He's, um, he's always been. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> I I have trouble seeing that as a possibility, to be perfectly candid. Um, Perfect. But, um, you know, again, I think this is a race where there... I, I had to cut it off somewhere, but I I even had names behind this. Um, None of them were Clayton Kershaw. No. <laughs> no my that's hands accurate. are in the air with my palms upward in dismay. And surprise. Th- yeah, Jameson Tyon, I think. Do you really think that Clayton Kershaw's not the best pitcher alive? Yes. I think he was for a very long time. Is it just health? Um, I, I think don't... it's health and ability. I think his fastball has degraded. And, um, uh, you know, I think that's a tremendously hard thing to get back. And it's caused less separation between his fastball and it's caused his curveball to deteriorate a little bit, too. So you think the dip in velocity is not tied exclusively to his injury? Yes. Mm. Or it's to an injury that can't... What would you say as the over-under on his fastball velocity at the end of 2019? Over-under... 
guess I would probably say a little under what he was at uh, this year, which is, I was thinking, was that 90 or so? 91.4 is what Fangraphs has for his fastball velocity in 2018. Okay. Before that, he was at 93.1, 93.7, 94, 93.6, etc. 93s, high 93s, low 94s the rest of his career. Yeah. Um, I guess that's where I would set the over-under. I, I, I think I know where you would go with that. I mean, I, I just think it's... It's more fun to bet the over on that. So I would do that no matter what. Yeah, I, I mean, I would dearly love it. <laughs> Jared, are you interested in the under on 91.4? I begrudgingly take the under. All right, so I'll put a dollar on that. Sure. All right. I don't like betting against Clayton Kershaw, but yeah. We made it through with one prop bet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and... Do you want to set a minimum number of pitches for the bet to count? Yeah. I mean, I don't, but sure. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to see what the reasonable number of pitches is here. Well, Ben's doing that, Ian. Is Clayton Kershaw the best pitcher on the Dodgers? 500 pitches? No. Yeah. For for me? Yeah. Um, I mean, is there a world in which he could be the best pitcher in the Dodgers? Sure. I mean, obviously there like, is, but... Yeah. yeah. Would I pick it? No. Yeah. You're going to pick Bueller? Yeah. Jared, are you good with minimum 500 pitches? Sure. Okay. And 91.4 just... miles per hour. Yeah. Uh... So his average fastball velocity in September of last year was ninety point six. So, yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, that said, so for Cy Young, um, I don't have a really good favorite. Um, I part of me wants to say Steven Strasburg, <laughs> <laughs> just because it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Uh, I do feel like there's one year where it'll happen. Um, I could see it being Chris Archer or Jameson Tyon, which mm. makes me think that's the path to Pirates contention. Yeah. Um, I I guess I will go slightly off the board and say no, Syndergaard. Can I take the field here? I don't see how you can call it going off the board when you created the board. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Maybe you should have just made a better board. <laughs> like, well, what, also, what fun fact, the... he was on the board. Uh, <laughs> I said off the board of a board that I created that he was on, just to follow that thought off Wow. Awesome. Uh, but I don't, think, I don't think he's the favorite, but I, I think um, there's... I could see a scenario. Is Dallas Keuchel still unsigned? Dallas Keuchel is still unsigned. What if he signs with like one of these central teams, like the Brewers or something, and just like goes bananas? Sure. It, it would be hard to imagine him going bananas, but I could see that happening very clearly. Wait, it's hard to imagine him going bananas. I don't. Okay. I, I could see the first half of it signing with an NL Central team. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he would be a good fit on St. Louis. I think he would be a good fit on Milwaukee. Yeah. 
I think he would be a decent fit on the Reds, who have been trying to sign him for a few months. I, I also think he's a number four starter at this point. So, mm. but you know, those teams could use it. Huh. Um, and and I'll work he just quickly. So, uh, I have uh, Fernando Tatis, who was announced today or yesterday when you listen to this, uh, will be uh, starting the season in the major leagues. So. AJ Preller, not afraid to throw those bones. Uh, Chris Paddock, who will be starting the season in the major leagues. Uh, get get them extensions, AJ Preller. Uh, Francisco Mejia, are we going to go with an all Padre rookie? Uh, one, two, three. Um, I think Pete Alonso does a lot of things that voters like. Uh, Nick Senzel got hurt, but he could be up very early. Um, and then a bunch of um, uh, Atlanta pitchers. Um, Kyle Wright is going to be in the rotation to start the year. Uh, I really like Bryce Wilson, who's going to be in the rotation to start the year. Um, so that's a lot of lot of possibilities. Uh, I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on this. Uh, I, I do like a Padre to win. Um, I'm not sure who my favorite is going to be. I don't think it's Fernando Tatis, who I don't think is immediately um, going to break out, although certainly in spring training he has looked great and would put that to uh, put that to shame. I probably would say uh, Chris Paddock, given health. You're just, all in on Chris Paddock. Yeah. Well, yeah, at least for NL Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I do think he could be at the margins of the Cy Young conversation, and he has a job in April. So, yes, I am all in. Okay, I look forward to those all being wrong. <laughs> That's the whole point, right? Yeah, when we're celebrating the, uh, the Oral Championship at the end of the year, we'll just delete this uh, podcast casually. All right, until then, uh, let's wrap this up, I guess, quickly. Uh, the best things you saw this week. Uh, ben, I, I guess I'll start with you. All right. Uh, I went to Austin this weekend for a tournament. It was fun. We played moderately well, but not amazingly. But the best thing that I saw was the brisket from Franklin's before I put it in my mouth. Uh, There was like six pounds of sliced brisket that I bought. And then I also bought um, vacuum sealed brisket to bring home. Uh, Six pounds each, one for me and each of you two. Uh, so I carried something like 20 pounds of brisket into the airport, uh, in a giant cooler. I had to check the cooler and I got a cute little note from TSA saying they had to inspect my bag. I don't understand why there were two ice packs, 20 pounds of brisket and two bottles of, uh, barbecue sauce in there, but I think that's perfectly normal for a checked bag. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the brisket is delicious and amazing. Franklin's is awesome. Go there if you're ever in Austin. Yeah, yeah thank you. I feel like there are two kinds of people in this world. Well, three kinds of people. Vegetarians, <laughs> uh, people who have not been here, and people who would carry 20 pounds, pounds of meat. In a... <laughs> I did get a bruise on my shoulder from carrying the bag. Because <laughs> I had, like, carried it on the same spot, and it was so heavy. Uh-oh. Um, just imagining a weight room, but instead of weight, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> yeah. 
So the best thing I saw this week um, was the best thing I think a lot of people saw this week. I watched the uh, Seattle-Oakland game two, because um, who cares about the start of the season? It was all about game two. So I watched uh, Ichiro's final game, um, which was uh, moving in all the right ways. We talked a little bit about Ichiro last week. I don't want to belabor the point, but certainly a important player and, you know, certain like it. Just watching him, it was amazing. It, like, it took me back to uh, the first time I saw him, which may have been the first baseball game that Jared and I saw together. I was trying to figure out if that's true. Oh, wow. But That would be very notable. Uh, because I, I know exactly where I was. I was in, uh, I was in a room in our dorm, in, bl- in the blue room in the corner. I remember watching the game. I remember the throw. Um, that that was the first the time Terrence I saw Long him. The Terrence Long throw? Yeah. 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 Oh. Um, so just seeing that and seeing all the love for him, you know, obviously a lot of you experience that as well. So, um, you know, I don't think I'm breaking new ground. Uh, a couple notes from the game, just cause I, I had it other, other than Ichiro. Um, number one, um, I, I, I thought, uh, I thought it was a good broadcast. I, I thought Dave Fleming was, uh, and Eduardo Perez, uh, it gave way to the occasion. I think Dave Fleming uh, probably hit the narrative a little hard after uh, an inning or so, but it was also breaking news for him, and I realized he had to get a lot of people on board with each half inning, so he kind of had to restate the obvious a lot. Um, my, my favorite my favorite line for that was when um, they Tim Beckham was up, and uh, he uh, they were talking about Tim Beckham, and how good a uh, Japan series he was having, I guess, in the preseason games and in the first two games of the season. He hits a single up the middle. And uh, Dave Fleming says, oh, looks like he doesn't want to leave Tokyo. <laughs> and I, I was thinking, like, Matt, when you're talking about, like, Tim Beckham's career, <laughs> like, that's a really, like, that's plausible. Like, that's a little too close to home, isn't it? Like, I don't think you could say that for Tim Beckham. <laughs> if he doesn't want to leave Tokyo, we can make that happen pretty quickly within like 12 months. Um, but the other the other thing was that uh, in the third inning, Ken Griffey Jr. came uh, and broadcast an inning. Um, and he was just so engaging. And it's like, oh, yeah, that is why baseball was great in the 90s, was <laughs> yeah. because their best player was, like, charismatic as hell, easygoing, um, like, funny. Um, the, Ryan Healy hit a home run. Uh, or they were saying, like, how, did, how could you tell, you know, if you hit a home run? And he's like, um, could you just tell from the sound of the bat? And he was like, uh, no, I just, I just waited to see if the hitter moved. <laughs> if they stayed in the box, I knew it was a home run. I didn't bother getting it. <laughs> and Ryan Healy hit a home run in the game, and they were like, uh, "Would you have gotten that ball?" And he's like, "No." Did you see a move? I didn't see a move. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. It um, sounds like I, I need to go watch this broadcast. Yeah, I don't think you know. I don't think his opinions are like particularly sabermetric or anything. But it was just like, mm. um, just sure. like. Right, exactly. It was just like such a delight to hear him back in the game, and I kind of wish he was more of a presence. I kind of wish more people would like him um, and like Ichiro, and uh, what a good game. Uh, if you want to know more about the game, I also want to recommend one article uh, by uh, BP alum, new fan writer, Rachel McDaniel, 
on the meaning of Ichiro. Uh, it's currently on Fangraphs. Um, I think she is the best writer in baseball right now. I think she's one of the best writers right now. And we are just lucky to that she is working in baseball. Um, highly recommend that article if you have not read it. But I assume most of you coming from BP World um, are aware of her work. Um, so with that, uh, Jared, uh, how was your week? It was a crappy week. Not my yeah. favorite week, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go back to the meets for my best thing. Um, ben, play along. Don't worry this if you know the answer here. Ben, uh, what is a sloppy Joe? Mm, sloppy. When I say sloppy Joe, what are you what are you picturing in your head? Sloppy Joe is ground beef cooked in a sauce that keeps it from coalescing like a burger would, but then served on a bun like a burger would be served, uh, so that it falls all over the place when you eat it. Wrong, uh, Ian. Uh, would you have agreed with what Ben says a sloppy Joe is? Uh, pretty much to the letter, yes. Yeah. So that's not a sloppy Joe. Well, okay. So that is a sloppy Joe, but. If you're in northern New Jersey, that's not what a Sloppy Joe is. Uh, sloppy Joe is uh, a double-decker sandwich on rye bread with usually something on the order of three kinds of deli meats, coleslaw, and Russian dressing. That is a Sloppy Joe. And I was up in New Jersey uh, this past weekend, and um, one of the few good parts of it was eating a Sloppy Joe. And I remember the first time that my grandma tried to convince me that, you know, this is what a Sloppy Joe is. I was like, no, grandma, like, I know what a Sloppy Joe is. It's like hamburger meat and a sauce sort of thing. She's like, no, this is a Sloppy Joe, so we call it. And that's what they call it in, um, in New Jersey, uh, which is weird, but it's also super delicious because deli is good in New Jersey in a way that it's not anywhere else. But um, my favorite thing that I saw this week is um, I was researching Sloppy Joe's just before this, and I went to the Wikipedia page for Sloppy Joe and then in parentheses, New Jersey. Um, and on the... Because <laughs> sure. it's sure. got its own thing. And yeah. uh, the, uh, the, fourths, um, the fourth paragraph on the page talks about uh, Jewish delis that featured the... Uh, sloppy joe in the 50s and one of them uh is carpin's deli in Passaic, which is the um, restaurant that my family used to own um on my grandma's side so it was a pleasant surprise seeing that up on wikipedia oh congratulations on making wikipedia um i hope this podcast is added as a uh footnote one day <laughs> it does say citation needed on wikipedia and i think i just cited it so <sighs> that's incredible <laughs> all right <laughs> I, I like that uh what is it like 17 percent of biographies are women but sloppy joe parentheses new jersey both <laughs> paragraphs great great <laughs> well there's actually five paragraphs no problem carpet comes up in the fourth <laughs> all right so everyone everyone look at that um okay anything else from y'all nope all right nope. um another another great podcast we'll be back soon uh, please send us your questions at scoresheet at baseballperspectus.com. Love to hear from you. If you've made it this far, again, God bless. You are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> but it's opening day. Baseball's starting. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with uh, with some baseball news. That's something to look forward to. I hope you all enjoy opening day. Until then, uh, on behalf of Ben Murphy and Jared Weiss, I'm Ian Lefkowitz. Thanks again, and have a great day.